You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about five things secure couples do well. So oftentimes we're looking at the ways in which we might be operating in our relationships that are getting in the way of what we want, you know, the places where we're going wrong, the missteps. And so I think that it's really useful and important to flip the script every so often and instead focus on you know, what the goal is or where we should be aiming in our relationships by looking to positive examples of what secure couples do, what you know, the norms are in those types of relationships. Because I think for so many of us, we don't have a lot of examples of that. I often ask people to reflect on whether they actually have positive role models in their lives around relationships, whether they had that growing up. And I think unfortunately for a lot of us, when we turn our minds to it, we don't really have lots of examples of like, yeah, those are people with a great relationship, really healthy, respectful, fun, connected over the long haul. So I think that when we are doing this work of trying to repattern, reprogram and understand, you know, where and why we might be stuck looking to these aspirational examples can be really inspiring and can help us you know, know what we're looking for and can probably also illuminate where we might be missing the mark a little in our own relationships and thereby cultivating more awareness around you know, our own patterns and our own stuckness, if that's what we're experiencing. So as I always say, it's really important to know at the outset that secure couples are not perfect You know, it's not like they've reached relationship nirvana and they never fight and they're totally on cloud nine honeymooning all the time. That's not at all what we're talking about. It's not realistic. Um, And I'd say it's probably not even all that aspirational, but they're really good at navigating life as a team and loving each other through the hard times and really celebrating the good times. So we're going to be diving into five different things that secure couples tend to be really good at Um, again so that you can know what you're aiming for and maybe take steps in that direction in your own relationship so before we dive into that a couple of quick announcements you will have heard me in the past few weeks talking about my new course secure together which i'm creating with my partner joel who joined me for last week's episode if you haven't listened to that definitely do i've received so many beautiful comments about that Um, people who really valued having him along as someone who leans more avoidant to speak to that experience. And I do think that that's so valuable. It's really the whole reason why I've got him joining me in this new course, because I think it's much more, much more insightful to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, rather than having me or anyone else talk about it as an observer or a bystander to that experience. Anyway, so we are launching a new course. It's called Secure Together. It's coming out in less than two weeks. There's already lots of you on the wait list, which is wonderful to see. And if you are interested in joining the wait list for that, that will guarantee you exclusive, very discounted launch pricing as well as first access. So you can join the wait list via my website, uh, all of which is linked in the show notes. 
Second quick announcement is that I have a free masterclass as part of celebrating the launch of this new program. It's a free masterclass called Where Anxious Avoidant Couples Go Wrong and How to Fix It. I announced this on Instagram about a week ago and I've had, I think, 750 or so people jump onto it and sign up. Um, It's pre-recorded so you get instant access. All you have to do is pop in your name and email address and you'll be sent a link. Um, It's about 45 minutes and again, has been getting really beautiful feedback from those who've already downloaded that. So if you would like a free masterclass from me, um, again, that is linked in the show notes or you can go to my Instagram and send me a DM with the word masterclass, nothing else. um, And a little automation will get your details and send you the link as well. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's dive into this conversation around five things that secure couples do well. So I should say, as always, this is not an exhaustive list. Um, These are not the only five things secure couples do well. These are just five that came to mind when I was reflecting on this. Um, And I think it's particularly helpful because they are not only things secure couples do well, but maybe things that couples with insecure attachment patterns struggle with, or, you know, doesn't come naturally to couples and individuals with more insecure attachment patterns. So the first one is they know when and how to raise issues and when to let things go. And that second half, the when to let things go is I would say as important as the first half, which is they know how and when to raise issues. So let's break this down. We know that secure attachment, one of the hallmarks of secure attachment and secure functioning relationships is really good, effective, proactive communication. So not letting things fester, not sweeping things under the rug, becoming resentful um, and kind of sitting on things for a long time and letting them build up. Secure functioning couples tend to be pretty good at calling something out, at naming something that feels off in the relationship uh, and doing so in a way that's not inflammatory or accusatory, but really just puts it on the table and goes, Hey, I'm noticing this. It doesn't feel good. Can we talk about it? Uh, And that tends to be well received. You know, they come to the table, they're able to share, you know, what might be going on and come up with a solution or otherwise have some sort of, um, approach to that issue that nips it in the bud that doesn't let it, as I said, grow and fester into something that is more damaging to the fabric of the relationship. So secure functioning couples are really good at this, at knowing when something feels important enough, having that discernment to know, yeah, this feels like something that needs to be addressed. um, And I'm going to raise that. The other side of the coin of that discernment, as I said, is knowing when to let things go. And I think that arguably, while insecure couples are not great at raising things proactively, they may be even worse at knowing when to let things go. And, you know, this is me looking at you anxious folks. Again, of course, as always, something I can relate to. Um, but knowing when to let things go can be really, really hard when you have a lot of fear baked into your way of relating and your attachment patterns, um, because it can almost feel like if I let this go, then it's going to keep happening and you're going to do it again. And then I'm going to be trapped. And then, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to be, you know, an unhappy couple and you're going to be doing something that's 10 times worse than this. It's going to be this slippery slope. You know, we can get very catastrophic. And so there can be this sense of, I need to raise every single issue, almost a vigilance, 
Like I can't let anything go um, because I need to make sure that you understand that every single thing that has hurt me has hurt me. Uh, and I don't want you to feel like that isn't a big deal because it is a big deal to me. Um, and of course, while it is important, you know, if something's really upsetting you to raise it, I think there's also something to be said for checking in with ourselves and going, am I having a big emotional reaction to something that's maybe not quite matching what's actually going on here? Uh, is that mine to sit with first? And maybe on the other side of me sitting with that and, you know, carefully handling it, processing it, understanding it a little better. Maybe I'll come to the realization that I was about to spew all of this stuff onto you that wasn't really about you uh, or that wasn't really appropriate as a response to what was happening right here, right now. So having that ability to actually zoom out and go, okay, is this, you know, (laughs) is this worth it? Um, Is this something that I need to sit my partner down and have a serious conversation about? Um, or otherwise bring their attention to, or could I maybe just give them the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, let something slide and trust that there wasn't any ill intent there and maybe it doesn't need to become this whole big serious issue. Um, As I said, I think that people, particularly with more anxious patterns, can really struggle to do that because it can seem like, you know, if I let you get away with this, then what else are you going to do? Or feeling like everything is going to become kind of eternal and universal and, you know, just bigger um, because that's the way our kind of fear-driven, anxiety-driven, catastrophizing brain can work. So knowing when to raise something and when to let something slide is a really, really good relationship skill and something that secure couples do pretty well. Uh, Related to that, they also keep things in perspective. I think that's an important kind of footnote to that first point. Again, insecure couples tend to globalize things. So it's like, oh, we're having this one little fight about that one comment you made in the car. And all of a sudden I'm rethinking our entire relationship. It's making me doubt everything. It's making me wonder whether we can even do this anymore because it just feels so hard all the time, right? It just can blow up um, and become very all consuming and take up your whole field of vision. Um, Whereas I think secure couples are much better at keeping things in perspective. It's like, oh yeah, we're having, you know, a bit of a a tiff in this moment, we're having some sort of rupture, but I can still feel connected to my love for you and my knowledge that this relationship is solid and good and that there is so much value here. I can hold both of those things at the same time. I can be frustrated with you and still have a lot of faith in our relationship. So that ability to keep things in perspective is really good as well. Okay. The next one is that they prioritize connection, play, and intimacy. So I think that there might be a bit of a misconception among more insecure people. And again, probably more anxious leaning people that secure couples are talking about their relationship all the time. And that's just not true. I think that the beauty of a secure relationship is that you don't have to talk about your relationship all the time because it doesn't feel like the relationship needs constant scrutinizing and, you know, fine tuning and examining and probing. It's just like, okay, we can talk about things, but um, that's only one tiny sliver. And really there's this whole other field of our relationship that is available for us to explore and to be playful and silly and, you know, to joke, to be intimate with each other in, you know, whether that's sexually or otherwise, but um, so much energy is freed up to connect and to experience joy together when you're not always bogged down by the stress of insecurity. 
So that's one of the really beautiful, I suppose it's almost like a natural side effect of removing some of that insecurity from the relationship and building more trust and stability is that you aren't devoting so much time and energy to worrying about the relationship and then talking about the worrying about the relationship. So being able to just free up some bandwidth to really connect with each other. Um, And I think secure couples do that naturally, but are also good at prioritizing it and making space and time for it uh, to the extent that you know life life can get busy so I think secure couples really value that and are good at carving out the time and space um, and you know often having rituals around it so it might be that you you know do some sort of activity together every Saturday morning or you know you play tennis on a Tuesday night or whatever it might be you like to play cards together while dinner's cooking lots of different ways that you can just be enjoying each other rather than just feeling like you're bogged down in the trenches of relationship stress and drama all the time. And I think that 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 play and that lightness is a beautiful way to really co-regulate, to be in a really easeful, safe, embodied space in the relationship, which you know, works wonders so far beyond what our rational thinking brain can compute. Um, But that experience of really embodied safety with someone that is available um, through play and that really um, we're not able to access that play and that joy and that easefulness um, unless we're in that embodied state of safety. Okay, the next one is they validate each other's experience rather than needing to be right. Now, this is such a big one. um, And I've spoken about it on the podcast before in various other contexts. But again, when we're in that insecure mindset, it feels like it has to be my way or your way, that I so fiercely feel this urge to protect the rightness of my perspective, my perception, my feelings, you know, all of that, because I feel like we are in competition or opposition with each other, then I feel like for me to be right, which I so desperately want to be, I have to make you wrong. And so to the extent that you're sharing something that is at odds with what I'm seeing or thinking or feeling, I have to convince you as to why my way is actually the truth and yours is you know, wrong or a misperception or a misunderstanding. Um, and what that does instantly is invalidate the other person, right? It just makes them feel totally unseen, unheard and unloved a lot of the time. And I think as much as we defend that when we're the ones doing it, um, when we're on the receiving end of it, we know that that doesn't feel very good, right? So this is really one that secure couples do very well is dropping that need to be right, uh, which I think, again, comes somewhat organically from not feeling like you're in combat, from not feeling like you have to defend to the death um, the rightness of your position. Um, So I think that the more you do this, the easier it gets because you totally change the the culture and the energy of the dynamic. So being able to say that wasn't my intention at all, but I can see that I've really upset you uh, or that you're feeling really judged or criticized. uh, And I'm so sorry for that. Please Tell me what I can do differently or help me to understand where I went wrong there or how I could have communicated myself differently. Um, So having the humility, and I think humility is at the heart of this, having the humility to recognize that we might have gotten it wrong (laughs) or that 
our intention might not have been received in the way that we wanted it to, um, that we might have inadvertently caused someone to feel hurt or judged or criticized or attacked, even when we might have been trying to do the opposite of that. Um, So having that courage and that humility to say, I'm sorry, and I totally get it. If I were in your position, I would probably be feeling the same way. And I don't want you to feel that way. So how can I do better or do things differently? Um, That's so disarming. And it's just so connective um, because there's nothing to defend against anymore, right? When someone says that kind of thing to you, it's like, oh, I can lay down my, my guard. I can lay down my sword because there's really nothing to fight with there. So it does take a bit of bravery to lead with that kind of open-heartedness, particularly in times of conflict or disagreement, uh, when we are so geared towards self-protection. But it is really, really powerful, and I think it's something that secure couples do pretty well. Okay, the next one is secure couples balance togetherness and separateness. So a few weeks back, I did an episode on healthy interdependency as distinct from codependency and hyperindependence. And this is in a similar vein. So secure couples have a really lovely balance between time spent together, joint experiences, joint vision, joint goals, and separateness. So they have separate people in their lives, separate friendships, separate hobbies. They spend time apart. They're not totally enmeshed into this one unit. Uh, They have a distinct sense of self. They have separate support networks, so they're not each other's only support when things get hard. Uh, So being able to balance those two things provides for a lot of safety uh, because when we have too much togetherness, we tend to lose our sense of self um, and it can make us feel overly dependent on the relationship as our only source of everything, right? Of our only source of connection as our only source of support, um, as our only source of joy and play and humor and all of those things. Um, And that's actually a lot of pressure. You know, if you're more anxious, you might be like, yeah, that sounds perfect. Um, But I promise you that that's a lot of pressure. And when you're putting all of that pressure on one person in one relationship, then it's going to be really easy to judge the ways in which it might fall short or be imperfect. Whereas when you have a whole spectrum of people and places and things that you go to to get your needs met, then all of a sudden we can kind of let go of the grip of needing our partner to be a certain way um, and to show up 100% of the time in the way that we would want them to um, because we feel less dependent on them in this needy survival driven way. Um, So I think being able to balance that really helps with things like feeling abandoned, feeling helpless, feeling powerless. Um, We feel much more empowered and we feel like we have a much greater sense of agency over our life, over our well-being, over our joy, over our thriving when we have this really lovely balance of togetherness and separateness. Okay, last but not least, when things do go awry, secure functioning couples engage in meaningful repair. So as I've said many times before, It's not that secure couples don't fight. It's not that they don't have bad days. It's not that they don't say things that they shouldn't have said or that they'd like to take back. Um, It's not reaching this place of perfection where we're all, you know, monks on a mountain in total Zen-like state. You know, life is stressful and things can get hard and there will be seasons of 
disconnection in any long-term relationship. And that's totally normal. Um, but as I said at the start, secure functioning couples are good at calling things out. Um, and if there is some sort of rupture or you know, someone gets snappy and makes a snide remark or anything like that, uh, there's this culture of taking responsibility and really repairing meaningfully, right? That doesn't mean having to have a four hour conversation about it. Cause I think that's actually those sorts of really long draining conversations tend to be more of a hallmark of insecure relationships than secure ones. Um, but there is this sense of ownership of going, I'm really sorry about this morning. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. Um, I was feeling really stressed about this thing and I took it out on you and that was unfair of me. And I'm really sorry. I'm going to try not to do that again. That can be a really beautiful, concise way of just taking the sting out. Um, and oftentimes that's all it takes to restore this sense of connection and respect and love and care. Um, so having things like that where it's like, okay, when something does go wrong, when we do feel like there's a rupture or a disconnection, uh, we really have a culture of taking responsibility, ownership, and apologizing in a meaningful way that allows both people to feel like the issue's been addressed. Um, there's an understanding of why we went wrong. Uh, and there's some sense of a plan around, you know, making sure that doesn't happen again or putting in the effort uh, to be aware of that going forward so that it's less likely to happen again. So that's a really important one. Um, and it links in with all these other ones, right? It links in with validation. It's this sense of like, I see you. I see the impact that my behavior had on you. And that's not what I want for us. Um, so here is my awareness and my love for you. Uh, and that, as I said, is so disarming. And it just kind of like melts away our defenses in a really beautiful way. Okay. So those were five things that secure couples do well. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I hope it's given you something to think about. Um, and as I've said, if you are interested in going deeper into all things secure relating, the new course secure together is going to be a really beautiful deep dive into all of this stuff. Um, and it's not just going to be theory. It's going to be a lot of practical things, uh, walking you through how to implement this with a lot of exercises that Joel and I will be you know, demoing. So we'll be the guinea pigs for you. Um, and it's going to be designed to be really approachable and unintimidating for everyone. Um, even those with more avoidant patterns who might be a little you know, overwhelmed or reluctant to do this kind of thing. Um, our intention is to make it really light and playful and as I said, unintimidating for everyone involved. So if that's interesting to you, jump on the wait list uh, less than two weeks until the course goes live. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore reek or at stephanierigg.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.